What's up, guys? This is Seth here again on Modern Da Vinci. This is our fifth and final post in a series on getting better results from your negotiations. The last couple posts were really on negotiation skills. Um, we talked about everything from interests to having a plan B to focusing on people, not problems. Those were all skills specific to negotiation. And so while this one's very related, it's just a little bit different in that this one is having a better understanding of your style for dealing with conflict and how knowing that and being more conscious of that can help you get better negotiation results. So bottom line is this, when you enter a conflict, you likely have sort of a default unconscious way of responding to that. And that matters in the context of negotiations because negotiations are a type of conflict, right? It's just, it's a situation where you've got one or more parties or two or more parties that have differing interests and you're trying to find a solution. So if you know your tendency when it comes to responding to conflict and you recognize that there might be a benefit to adjusting that natural response, it can give you the ability to be more situational in how you show up in one of these negotiations in a way that will ultimately be more beneficial to you. So in order to explain this concept, I'm going to use a uh, very well-regarded, widely recognized model. It's uh, developed by uh, Kenneth Thomas and Ralph Kilman, and they created an assessment. This goes all the way back to the 60s, research that they uh, were doing in the area of conflict management, called the Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode Instrument. And in this whole model, they have two basic dimensions that they define of conflict. And by the way, just make sure they uh, we give these guys full attribution. In the post, there's a link to the website where you can actually uh, purchase and complete this assessment. Uh, we do this all the time. Uh, we use this assessment in our training and coaching. So uh, I can tell you it's worth the time. Uh, you can do it on your own or you can do it working with us or uh, a coach or trainer. So again, the model is based on two dimensions, two basic dimensions of conflict behavior. The first dimension is assertiveness. Assertiveness is the degree to which you try to satisfy your own concerns in a conflict. The other dimension is cooperativeness. That's the degree to which you focus on satisfying the interests of the other person. So to some degree, uh, all of us are going to tend to be either assertive in a conflict situation or more cooperative. And uh, some of us are going to fall somewhere in between. And the Kilman model, Thomas Kilman model, actually defines five different modes that fall somewhere between those spectrums of assertiveness and cooperativeness, okay? And those modes, uh, what they're called, the first one's called avoiding, second one's called competing, you've got compromising, accommodating, and collaborating, right? And they're not in any specific order. Um, each of them are really plotted out based on the amount of assertiveness versus the amount of cooperativeness that shows up in that mode. And none of them are inherently good or bad. There's situations where each of those five styles is a perfectly reasonable way to handle a conflict. But they do all have pros and cons. 
Now, I'm going to quickly, in the post, we really only focused on the two styles that are at the most extreme ends of assertive and cooperative. Competing is the most assertive and the least cooperative. In a competing style, your goal, again, is to satisfy your own concerns, and you're willing to do that at the expense of others. And accommodating, which is highly cooperative and very low in assertiveness, you are willing to sacrifice your own concerns to appease the needs of others. Now, I didn't cover this in the post, but I, I will here just mention quickly, avoiding is when you, you're neither assertive or cooperative. You basically sidestep the entire conflict, right? So that's ducking out. Compromising is kind of in the middle. It's the classic sort of splitting the difference, if you will, uh, saying, you know, I'm not going to back off, uh, but I'm also not going to, uh, you know, be too assertive. So, you know, can we find a 50-50 split? And then collaborating, which, you know, sounds great, is both assertive in, you know, seeking your interest and position, but it's also highly cooperative. So this is the classic win-win. Um, and while that sounds like it's the best, I do just want to point out that collaborating does have costs, which sometimes come in the way of uh, significant time commitment and also uh, a lot of psycho psychological energy spent to try to get to this, you know, high level, um, bigger pie solution to a conflict. Now, for the sake of, you know, bringing this back to negotiations and, you know, getting back to what we talked about in the post, we really focused on competing and accommodating because those are sort of the extremes and most people can look at those two and sort of self-assess, you know, am I normally in competing mode or am I normally going to go to accommodating mode, right? So the good thing about competing, if you're someone who tends to be competitive in a conflict situation, the good thing is, well, that will enable you to get your position out. Um, it may lead to a very quick resolution because you're being very forceful about what you expect or what you want. And in a situation where you're under attack, it's a great way of sort of defending yourself and your position. Now, the downside, pretty uh, evident, is when you take on a competing mindset, you are almost always going to put strain on the relationships. So the other party that you're in conflict with, if you're being very assertive, it's going to strain the relationship. Okay. Also, if you go in with kind of a closed mindset and you're really pushing one solution, it means you may be ignoring other solutions that could be better than what you've even thought of, but because you're not really open to that, you're missing out. And then, of course, you may have someone else on the other side that's just as competitive as you, and so you end up deadlocked, and that means nobody's winning in the situation. Now, let's look at accommodating. What's, what can be good about that? Well, if it's a difficult situation and you value the relationship, it can create harmony. It can uh, smooth over what might otherwise become difficult and uncomfortable and kind of keep peace, right? And sometimes accommodating can help build relationships, right? So instead of, you know, getting into a difficult conflict, you're willing to concede uh, for the benefit of the relationship, okay? And sometimes maybe a situation is just not worth it to you, so you give in, and it allows you to kind of quickly move on to the next thing. But just like competing, accommodating comes with some significant costs. Number one, just by definition, it means you're giving up on your concerns. So those things that may have been important to you, you're going to have to let them go. 
Now, secondly, if you have a pattern of appeasing others, ultimately that can lead to you, um, to them losing respect for you and just expecting you to give in not and not being in, uh, interested in your position. And then finally, when you give in on something, if it's an important decision, in the long run, ultimately you may uh, not have as much commitment. So if it's a you know, something important at work you've given in on, and you, in the moment you say, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, down the road you find yourself uh, unmotivated and disconnected because, you know, it wasn't something you believed in in the first place. So the question for you as you think about this and as we bring it back to, well, what does this have to do with negotiations and getting better results? What I'd like for you to do is ask yourself the question, which of these better describes your natural instinct in a conflict? Are you more likely to compete and aggressively push your view, right, regardless of what the trade-offs are? Or are you more likely to accommodate and kind of let things go because you'd rather smooth over a difficult situation? So, you know, knowing which one is your tendency and being aware of that might give you an opportunity the next time a conflict arises to slow down that automatic reaction and ask yourself, could there be a better way? And this is not about giving in, or this is not about, you know, picking fights for no reason. This is about getting the best results and solving problems as skillfully as you can. So for folks who tend to compete, sometimes they say, you know, I don't, why should I, you know, take this kind of mindset? You know, if I'm right, I'm right. And my answer to that is, hey, sometimes that might be the case, but often you're probably missing out on something and you're probably discounting the costs of that approach when down the road they're going to burn you. And it's the same thing for accommodating for folks go who say, you know, why stir the pot unnecessarily? And the response is, well, again, in some situations that may be reasonable, but what about those situations where down the road you're going to significantly regret giving in? Or, you know, you decided, well, I didn't want to speak up now. And later you've lost respect because you weren't willing to take a stand for something that you thought was important. So we'll just look at two scenarios that illustrate this because the idea is if you catch yourself going into one of these modes, at least take a minute to say, is this going to be the right mode for this situation? If it is, fine. If it's not, what else could I try to slow down my natural reaction, try something a little different, and see if it pays off for me in the long run. So for someone who tends to compete, let's say you're in a situation, uh, you're a business owner, you've got an important supplier, and you suddenly have this big disagreement over the timing of a delivery. And because your natural reaction is to compete, you get uh, upset, um, you become very aggressive and you're very fixed in your position. You feel very strongly that you're right. You decide that you need to prove a point. You want to win this conflict, this disagreement. And so you say, I'm going to make this person accept this other party, my viewpoint and solution. Not interested in a discussion. I'm going to impose my will on the situation. Okay. So let's look at the costs and benefits. So from a benefit perspective, by taking that very assertive position, you may very well pressure the supplier into accepting your demands. You might be able to coerce them and you might be able to get a quick victory. Now let's look at the costs. Because you've uh, approached it this way, you might damage that relationship. What if that relationship's important to you? Or what if you need the supplier to come through for you in the future, but you've diminished trust by being so assertive? 
Or what if the supplier is just as hard-headed as you and committed to a victory and you guys end up in a deadlock and everybody pays the price for that? So, you know, clearly in this scenario, probably the costs outweigh the benefits of taking a truly competing approach. So what I would recommend is to slow things down just a little bit, take a deep breath, and make an honest assessment of the situation. Are you making reasonable demands? Have you fully considered why the supplier is asking what they're asking for? What might be behind this position they've taken? Try to you know, get out of blame mode and kind of put your problem-solving hat on instead. You, know, you do have to be curious. Is it possible that there's strategies out there that might lead to a solution where you get what you need, but it also keeps a good relationship with the supplier and it gets you guys going so that you can get back to business and focus on what's bigger and more important, okay? So this is just about being a little bit more intentional and a little bit more disciplined before you just jump into an automatic reaction. Now let's look at a situation for someone who might be more inclined to accommodate. Let's say you're a 50-50 partner in a business and your partner is pushing a decision for the business that you do not agree with. Now you've, you know, lightly treaded around, uh, you know, sharing some of your disagreements, but your partner, you know, is intent on moving ahead with this. And your natural instinct is to say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm going to let it go. And, you know, maybe things will work out in the long run anyway. All right. So what's the benefit of this approach? Well, any tension around the decision is going to be eased in the short term. Um, you may be preserving some harmony with your partner, and that's a, that you could really see that as a good thing. It's not worth it. It might be your mindset. Now, let's look at the costs. In this case, giving in means you are withholding thoughts and feelings also on something that is a very important issue. And beyond that, your partner may start to see you as a pushover, okay? So... Instead, again, this is another situation where you have to ask yourself. It's almost like holding a scale up in front of you. On one side, you've got this short-term harmony. On the other hand, you have this potential decision that could have long-term implications for both your business, your relationship with your partner, and even your reputation with your partner. So again, this is another situation where maybe your natural instincts to smooth things over aren't going to serve you very well, and it's time to ask, what might I be willing to do? Well, in this case, a more honest approach, a willingness to approach your partner and share your concerns, you know, reframing the situation as uncomfortable and conflict-based as problem-solving based, you know, come in with the mindset of true partnership and be willing to say, you know, even though this is a little uncomfortable for me and even though I don't want to harm our relationship, I do think it's in the long-term interests for me to share my honest thoughts on this decision that's being made because as it stands, I don't agree on certain points and I don't want us to down the road, uh, you know, be in a bad situation because I wasn't willing to speak up. So even though that may cause some short-term discomfort for you, it's worth it in the long term to take that approach. So both of these scenarios, even though they're generic, uh, will show you sometimes your natural instincts are going to serve you well. 
Sometimes it makes sense to joke, go straight to a competitive approach. Sometimes it's going to make sense to accommodate. But clearly there's going to be scenarios where it's not going to serve you well to take those approaches. So be intentional about catching yourself before you go into automatic response mode. Ask yourself, is there a better way to do this? And, you know, once you've gotten through that and you've decided, you know, I'm either going to slow things down or I'm going to speak up, you can reflect back on the skills that we've looked at in prior posts and even in other posts on Modern Da Vinci where we talk about managing your emotions, you know, uh, being a good problem solver, handling difficult conversations. Utilize all those skills to get yourself to a good result. So I hope you found this helpful. Uh, If you guys have questions, please post them on the site. We're always there to respond. Uh, And I hope this whole five-part series has gotten you, uh, for all of our members out there and for anybody who's a business owner out there, some better result at some point along the way. You don't have to be an expert at negotiations in order to be successful, but we would like you to get a little better and get better results each time you're out there. All right. Thanks, guys. Look forward to talking to you next time.